When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He'll scramble. He's at the 35, but he's ankle tackled there at the 36. And he's hurt. Mahomes is hurt. I kind of rolled it a little bit. It didn't feel good, but I was going to leave it all out there. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. Touchdown! I told y'all at the beginning of the week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. Don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. Everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't let the moment overtake you. The Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again. There's a lot for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs to celebrate, and today they're doing just that with their fans as they've made their way home for the victory parade. We'll show you the best of that in just a moment. You know we love a good parade here, okay? You see Marcus Spears, Keyshawn Johnson, Adam Schefter here with you for the hour. Let's roll, guys. We start with the parade, okay? It kicked off at noon today. Enormous crowds expected. Look at Andy Reid leading the charge there and Patrick Mahomes going down Grand Boulevard in Kansas City. You knew that Travis Kelsey was going to enjoy this one. And let's hear from some of these guys as they celebrate with their fans finally at home in Kansas City. Not very often are you able to say you're the greatest team in the world and have the greatest players in the world and have the greatest organization in the world and most of all, the greatest fans in the world. We love you, man. West said we were rebuilding. I'm be honest with you. I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. Let me take you back to 2022 in the month of maybe April. Maybe. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. <laughs> The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If y'all knew that Patrick Mahomes was gonna win the MVP, let me get a hell yeah! It's one thing we gotta do, baby. There's <laughs> one thing we gotta do for our right to fight, okay? Run it back, run it back. Run this back, run this back. Travis, hey, and trail, in this thing, how we supposed to? You gotta fight for your right to fight! You know what, I am gonna vote that next season, whoever wins the Super Bowl, we take NFL Live to the parade. Like, Marcus, should we do that? I, I think we should. We, we absolutely should. And I love the fact that Pat Mahomes was uh, 
was 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 a little tipsy oh. when he was making this when he was making this speech. I'm with it. Allegedly, ain't nothing wrong with allegedly. a little beer, a little yak. Allegedly, you know what I'm saying? I could tell by the slur of the words, though, Keith, that my man was lit up about that parade, bro. You know, they they fought for their right to party, and they can be on that yet. They did. They Let's did. talk a little bit more about the Chiefs, guys. They rode their dominant offense to the Super Bowl victory this season. Obviously, the doubters fueled him, too, as you heard there. Kansas City's offense led the league in points per game, yards per game, offensive efficiency in total QBR, and in pass block win rate. They actually became the first team since the 2009 Saints to lead the league in scoring during the regular season and win the Super Bowl. Marcus, when you think about everything that they did, what has impressed you most about the Chiefs' yeah. run this season? The, the ability to change who you are from an offensive standpoint and still be able to get it done. Now, I know a lot of that is obviously attributed to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes being one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in this league. And Veach, the general manager, still kind of keeping the core of these guys together, the same philosophy, and hitting on a lot of those rookie draft picks. But it was just they became a more efficient offense, but were better. They didn't have the big play uh, Tyreek Hill. They used a lot of dink and dunk at times. They figured out ways to still be pretty prolific as an offense without having that one player that changes games and flips the field. And obviously, Travis Kelsey is still there on his way to a gold jacket. I just loved how they had to change their stripes a little bit offensively, made moves during the season like to get Kadarius Toney, who was big, for them in the Super Bowl, they have a formula, they understand it, and 15 is the straw that stirs the drink. And I'm yeah. feeling like now that the Kansas City Chiefs think that we can put some guys out here that may not be $100 million wide receivers and we can still get it done. And you know why? Because they just did it. <laughs> yep. I think when you look at when you look at this team overall, though, and, and we obviously we focus on the offensive side of the ball because the, the glaring miss on that team was Tyreek Hill. But much like Swaggoo just said, yeah. they figured out how to, how to get it done. And I don't want to call them pedestrian guys, although Juju's been in the news lately with his back and forward with the kid, the guys from Philadelphia. Travis Kelsey is key in the passing game in this offense, and then it goes from there with everybody else. If they can somehow figure out, okay, if we lose. Juju in free agency, and we lose Miko Hartman in free agency. There are going to be some guys, and Adam knows this, that will come on the market between mm -hmm. today and yeah. in the, in the, in, in the summer before they go to training camp that they can acquire. And one thing about it is Andy Reid, and I think a lot of people miss this, Andy Reid's tenure, Adam, in Philadelphia as well as in Kansas City. He's only had two dominant wide receivers, right? One in T.O. for one year, and then yep. – Obviously, Tyreek Hill. Outside of that, he's been playing with just guys, and he's been able to get it done. Look, Keith, that's what happens when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, the store that stirs the drink, yeah. as Marcus says. And basically, you're going to meet a situation here where free agents that don't get contracts will want to go to Kansas City. They'll want to play with Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. because that'll be the quickest way to boost their value in 2023. And this is a team over the last four years that's remade itself a few different times. It rebuilt the offensive line after they lost the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. This year, it added a whole new secondary. It remade the wide receiver unit without Tyreek Hill. Went out and added Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Added Juju Smith-Schuster. It drafted Sky Moore. 
So it has continued to remake itself and it will continue to be able to remake itself because it has the quarterback. So when you have the quarterback, you can do a lot of different things. And no matter how you slice it up, no matter where you add and where you subtract, usually it's going to come out ahead and he's going to make it all look good because he's the best player in football and he can cover up a lot of inefficiencies. Yeah, you know, it helps too, even though Patrick Mahomes certainly got paid, he did do it to where it would benefit the team long term. And the Chiefs do have <laughs> some big decisions to make this offseason regarding some key free agents. Both their starting offensive tackles, Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley, are set to hit free agency, along with some key weapons in Juju Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman, and Jarek McKinnon. So, Marcus, let's start with you here. Which of those guys should be the top priority for Kansas City to bring back? Listen, I think these tackles, right? Like when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, the premium is to make sure that you got him protected. That's one of the things we came away, not only this Super Bowl, but the, the season, that these guys did a phenomenal job. We talked so much about the high ankle sprain and his immobility, and we lauded him for being tough and powering through. But the reality is they kept Patrick Mahomes clean against Cincinnati after the ankle injury. They were able to run the football. We talked about Pacheco. We kind of lost sight of this offensive line and how well they played all season long. These two tackles, Wiley and obviously Orlando Brown Jr., need to be premium grade A number one. One, because of rapport. You want to keep this unit together. You want to make sure these guys understand how each other plays. And those guys value the fact that 15 is standing behind him and they've already shown you that they can protect him even when he's limited physically. Certainly the offensive line, no question about it. But then you also got to look at the depth on the defensive line. And when you move from the defensive line, the wide receiver position, when you're missing two guys that are guys yeah. that are filling guys in Juju Smith-Schuster and Miko Hartman that may hit the free agent market, as I said before, they're going to be ca casualty guys that have played in this league that will be available that can still play in the league. But they've got to be able to understand that you may not get the big money that you thought you were going to get on the free agent market, but you certainly will be in line to do something that you may have not done, which is have an opportunity to play in an AFC championship game, win a Super Bowl. And one of the guys that they should be also targeting, they should be taking a look at Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael mm -hmm. Thomas. Those guys could potentially all be available via trade or because they hit the free agent market. And again, they'll be in the pattern. They'll be in the habit of waiting and kicking back and seeing who doesn't find a home, who didn't get the value in the contract that they wanted, and they could cherry pick from that point on. But I know you mentioned Patrick Mahomes' contract, and I know it's a long-standing contract, but I will say this. At some point, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, the next offseason, that's going to become an issue because we're going to see all these yeah. quarterback deals go out this offseason to Joe Burrow, Justin <laughs> Herbert, Jalen Hurts. And once these other quarterback deals start rolling in, we're going to see Patrick Mahomes undervalued. And I don't know when they're going to revisit that, but at some point in time, he's not going to play the life of that contract before that contract is going to have to be addressed again. Yeah, that was a really good point, long, Adam. I know. You, <laughs> we were thinking about that even yesterday when Field was talking about Jalen Hurts' contract being in that $40 million yeah. a year range. We're like, golly, you got to think about Patrick Mahomes certainly in the mix there. Let's get to the Eagles side of things, guys, as we talk about the future for the two teams in the Super Bowl. We saw Philadelphia lose both its offensive and defensive coordinators yesterday to head coaching jobs after losing in the Super Bowl, but it's not just the coaches they may have to replace. Philly has some key free agents, too. 
bunch of starters set to hit free agency on offense. Some key players such as Jason Kelsey and Miles Sanders on defense. It's more than half their starters with players <laughs> like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, CJ Gardner Johnson, James Bradbury. They also have to plan for the future as we were just talking about with Jalen Hurts set to enter the final year of his rookie contract in 2023. Jalen said just yesterday or day before whenever it was. Yeah, I don't want to talk about my contract right now. And then Marcus smartly <laughs> pointed out that he just wants to talk about his contract, but he's just not going to admit it. Yeah. So, Adam. <laughs> he said he wasn't thinking about it. Please. Yeah, exactly. No, you are thinking about it. All right. Adam, yeah, right. when, when do the Eagles expect to start working toward that long-term deal with Jalen Hurts? It would be an upset if that deal did not get done this offseason. And the advantage that the Eagles have enjoyed having Jalen Hurts under a rookie contract, minimum wage rookie contract, is going to go away. And so all those free agents that you see out there are going to be more difficult to afford once Jalen Hurts gets north of $45 million. To me, that's the starting point. And it may not even be close to the ultimate figure of where it ultimately comes in. He's proven himself as a top five quarterback in this league. He was just a few plays away from taking this team to its second world title. He's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid royally this offseason, along with the other quarterbacks who were due for a deal. Listen, he betted himself. He played well. He's proven exactly what he's worth. And now Philadelphia had the window to go out and add some of these pricey free agents to go supplement the roster while Hurts was on that rookie contract. When Jalen Hurts takes the field in 2023, he will not be on that rookie contract anymore. Whether they do that deal before the start of the new league year, right after the draft, before training camp, whatever, that deal is going to get done at some point this offseason because Jalen Hurts cannot afford to take another snap under the last year of his rookie deal. Look, one of the things that they got to do, and Adam is right, he cannot afford and he will not afford. There's four people that's involved in here that are extremely smart in this situation. His dad, his agent, Jalen Hurts, and the Philadelphia Eagles. If you think about it, and Adam knows this, you think about the history of the Philadelphia Eagles and their quarterbacks, they always take care of their quarterbacks and get them paid at the market rate. Now, what's his market rate? Is it 45-plus million dollars? It probably is, and he'll get it done. He's smart enough to know that he's not going to drag this out. The Philadelphia Eagles organization is smart enough to know they can't drag it out because they have other people that they have to sign. They're going to get this thing done. Yeah, Nicole Lynn, his agent, by the way, it's going to be fun to see her in the middle of you, these you, negotiations. You, you played too early, Marcus. You were born too early. He could have been a great quarterback, too. Uh, Swagoo, aside from it. million, God. That's the starting point, though. Right. Marcus, aside from a potential Hurts deal, what do you see as the most important yeah. free agent that Philadelphia needs to bring back? Yeah, Javon Hargrave. Um, on the defensive side of the football. You have to have a premium pass rusher, I think, on the interior to be try to be a championship team. We see Kansas City. It's no coincidence that Chris Jones is on that team. You look at Aaron Donald from Los Angeles Rams. Hargrave is the rusher in the interior of this pocket that consistently win one-on-ones and can change games. I think when you look at Philadelphia's team, now we're to a point, because of what Shefty and Key just talked about with Jalen Hurts, you have to think about not only these guys' value as individuals, but value as championship pieces. And I think he's a championship piece because of the position that he plays and his effectiveness at getting after the quarterback. There's a difference in letting a really good player walk 
in a championship piece mm -hmm. walk. And I think defensive tackles now are starting to become championship pieces. Yeah, you can't hold on to all of them, but that's a good point. Now, I do want to say, too, about James Bradbury, who's another notable free agent for the Eagles. People might be talking about him after the holding call in the Super Bowl. Don't forget that he allowed the lowest passer rating in coverage <laughs> in the NFL this season. They're not going to forget Do good. that. He's so good. All right. Do we good, got a lot more coming your way. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Guys, the future of the Cowboys backfield duo is up in the air, but a Dallas legend says keep them. Will offseason moves split up the two stars? Marcus knows which one they should keep. Plus, Todd McShay released his mock draft 2.0, predicting where the biggest player in college football will land. Here with name, we were surprised to see left out of the top 10. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, more football's coming your way. The XFL season kicks off Saturday. Coverage of the Vegas Vipers and Arlington Renegades begins at 3 Eastern on ABC. There's three more games over the weekend, too, on ESPN and FX. With every game available on ESPN+, Plus. don't miss the new XFL. All right, time now to read and react. Let's get to some news. Starting in Arizona, where Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon ran into his new quarterback for the first time yesterday. He's in there? All right, that looks good, Adam. Uh, why was Jonathan Gannon the guy Arizona wanted as their next head coach? Listen, I think he had a relationship with the general manager, Monty Austinfort. They recognized him as a young, bright mind, wanted to bring him in to revive that organization. I think he's somebody that they waited for. They said they were waiting for the Super Bowl festivities to finish up, and that may have been true, but I think they were also waiting for Jonathan Gannon to come free. He came free Sunday night, and lo and behold, they gave him a five-year contract on Monday. It was good to see Kyler walking around in that video. All right, to Minnesota, where the Vikings introduced Brian Flores as their new defensive coordinator earlier today. Key, what do you think about Flores taking over the defense in Minnesota? 
Home run higher for Minnesota and what they're capable of doing on the defensive side of the ball. That division is not as strong as most people think. Will Aaron Rodgers be in the division? Will Justin Fields emerge? We know what the Detroit Lions are doing with, with Jared Goff, but the defensive side of the ball is what kept Minnesota from being a real dominant football team. They got offense. We've seen Briar Flores in New England. We've seen him in Miami with those defenses. They added something here on a home run shot. On to Dallas, where Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith spoke about what his former team should do with their current backfield. He said, quote, I'm keeping both. I may franchise tag Tony Pollard. I may go for a contract restructure with Zeke, but I'm keeping both. And the reason why is because they've got to get Pollard back and healthy, and we need Zeke. Marcus, do you agree that the Cowboys should bring both running backs back? I know they should bring Tony Pollard back, and I know the injury is a concern, but I'm not concerned about it. I think he'll come back. That that burst, that explosion, we saw that offense take jumps with Tony Pollard with the ball in his hand. Zeke, if he's willing to take a pay cut or a restructure, and they want to keep him to be that physical rear area back, keep him in protection, I'm, I'm not mad at it. But I think Tony Pollard should be the priority in that backfield for the Dallas Cowboys. And if you franchise him, you better be careful because it's mm. going to be some other teams looking for those type of services and that type of playmaker on the open market. Remember, he is not just your normal prototypical running back. He makes plays all over the football field. And we saw that in their offense. This is something that I want to get everyone's opinion on. This season, the Cowboys offense far more effective with Tony Pollard on the field compared to Ezekiel Elliott. Dallas's offense averaged over a yard more per play with Pollard on the field. And it didn't matter if it was a rushing or passing situation as it was still over a yard more regardless of the play designation to Marcus's point with the versatility. It's worth remembering that Pollard is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Ezekiel Elliott has no more guaranteed money left on his contract. Adam, what more can you tell us about the Cowboys running back situation? Well, listen to this. I think it's a situation where everybody saw that the offense seemed to be more explosive with Tony Pollard playing back there. But I don't know that Tony Pollard is the type of back to carry the football and touch it 22, 25 times a game. What's going to happen here is that at the combine, Zeke Elliott's agents have to figure out his value to other teams in what looks like a deep free agent running back class at a time where other teams are not really willing to pay top dollar for running backs. And if he determines that there's not some big money out there with another team, then the best and simplest thing would be to keep Zeke in Dallas on a restructured deal. It would be valuable to the Cowboys. It would be valuable to Zeke Elliott. I think there's incentive for both sides to figure it out. Now, there's a process that they have to go through before they can get there. It's not like Zeke is going to say automatically, I'm back in Dallas. If there's a team out there that's willing to pay him big money, then yeah, you'll go refuse to restructure your contract. You'll be released. You'll sign on somewhere else. But what are the chances that somebody's going to want to pay mm. Zeke what he's been making recently? Probably not very high. And so that leads us back to a situation where I think he and the Cowboys might be most valuable for each other. Yeah, the Cowboys, Adam, as you know, they, they tend to like to renegotiate players' contracts that they like, that they want to keep around and help their football team win. So I can see where they would go to Zeke Elliott and tell him, hey, let's figure out how to restructure this thing so we can bring you back and you can continue to be part of the family. He, as long as he recognized that he is not the same running back as he was when they paid him. Paying Tony Pollard is a must. He'll be back healthy. 
But at one, two punch is always what you need in the National Football League. Yep. Many running backs yes. that are Zeke types, the front line guys, when they get released from teams, they typically don't go on to get big money. That's the main reason a team right. is getting rid of them because they have no value there for the open market. And so when they allow him to go test the open market, whether he's still on the team and they tell his agents, go get a feel around, they'll know what the number is. They'll know and be able to make a strategic move yeah. at that point in time. Key, you make a great point with types of backs, and that's why I was so adamant about pointing out the what Tony Pollard offers you just beyond getting handoffs out of the backfield. And you're right, like that one-two punch in, in Shefty as well, like trying to carry the load. I, I think he could, but it's not, it's not smart. But let me go to where I wanted to go. The Dallas Cowboys got to add a weapon on the outside. They got to put somebody opposite of C.D. Lamb that can try to dictate coverage. I think they should be in the market with trying to figure out how they can get DeAndre Hopkins with the restructuring of some of these contracts. I know Dak and, and, and T. Higgins as well is coming up with Cincinnati who may want to move him if they can't get anything done. But when you look across this league, how Dallas wants to play, they got to figure out who to put opposite of C.D. Lamb so they can be in high-powered offense because once we saw Tony Pollard go out against the San Francisco 49ers, they tried to force-feed C.D. Lamb the football. And that said a lot to me about how they feel about the rest of the guys when they are in those type of situations. So I'd be interested to see how, what type of move they try to make to get a receiver opposite of C.D. Yeah, that's going to be something to watch either way. And it felt like, especially with the additions the Eagles made in that division in the NFC East, there's even more pressure on the Cowboys to do something heading into next season. A lot more coming your way here on NFL Live, guys. Is next, Todd McShay joins us to talk his newly released mock draft. It sounds like some teams have big decisions to make. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? The Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
Dubbed. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So glad you're with us on NFL Live today and Todd McShay's Mock Draft 2.0 hits ESPN Plus. Today he joins us now to give us the latest insight. So Todd, so glad you're with us. We get a lot more of Todd here over the next couple months. Let's start with the top four <laughs> picks. And it looks like you have a trade at number one, which I love. <laughs> I finally talked Kuiper into it about three or four years ago, and here we are. So I've got Indianapolis moving up to number one taking quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama. And listen, Houston could take him. You got Seattle sitting in there at five, Las Vegas at seven, Carolina at nine. I think there's going to be a big market for that number one overall pick. Bryce Young, to me, even though he's only about 195 pounds, he's got that Patrick Mahomes magic to him and poise like very few other quarterbacks I've ever evaluated. Then number two, Houston Texans, new head coach, just like Indianapolis, same division, new quarterback. I think C.J. Stroud from Ohio State makes a lot of sense here. And Will Levis from Kentucky would be a possibility, but C.J. Stroud to me, just watching him and studying his the ability to go through his progressions from left to right and make throws on all three levels, I think he has a chance to be a really good starter at the next level. Then we get into defensive stars. Probably the best two players in this class are defensive players, and it starts with Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. 130 pressures over the last two years, 54 tackles for loss over the last two years. His production went down a little bit this past year, but it's because everyone was so focused on him. He is a special edge rusher. And then finally, Jalen Carter, number four, Chicago Bears. When he was healthy at the end of the year after his lower leg injury, he was the best defensive player in the country. Mm. Dominant, took over games, and it's the fastest way to get to the quarterback. Jalen Carter is going to wind up being a, a top five, top seven pick in this year's class, and he's going to be a special player at the next level. Yeah, if the quarterbacks weren't so good, you'd probably see him taking a lot higher, Todd. He's unbelievable when he's right. right. Here's a full look at Todd McShay's Mock Draft 2.0, which has those four quarterbacks coming off the board in the top nine picks. You heard him talking about Young and Stroud. McShay has the Raiders selecting Will Levis at seventh overall. The Panthers taking Anthony Richardson with the ninth pick. We'll get to that in a minute. A reminder that in the common draft era, there's never been an instance of four quarterbacks coming off the board in the top nine picks, and only once has it happened within the top ten picks. That was back in 2018, so could see some history made in this draft. Uh, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions here, Todd, but I get to go first because I'm the okay. host, so, you know, here I go. Uh, what, <laughs> what would it take for a team like the Colts, Todd, to entice the Bears to trade that number one pick? How much is this going to cost them? I think it's going to cost them a lot. I think it'll be obviously the fourth pick. They have the 35th pick. I said maybe a fourth or fifth round pick this year, and then maybe a first or second round pick next year. So it's going to cost a lot. But the bottom line is, if you don't have your guy at quarterback, can you win? And so I would be willing to give it up just to make sure that I got the, the quarterback that I want. Kuiper wants Will Levis. I like, I like Bryce Young. You know, we'll see, but I would I would be willing to give it up only to go up and get the quarterback that I believe in. 
Yeah, you know, we heard Ursay. He wasn't shy about that. They know they need a quarterback, and they're going to yes. be right up there, but you got to get up high, to your point, at one. Okay, so I'm also interested in Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback. He's going ninth to the Panthers in your mock right now. I think he's going to be one of the most polarizing players in this draft. Some people are going to say, it has nothing to do with that, Swagoo. <laughs> Some people are going to say, boom for him. Some people are going to say, bust, right? Okay, so uh, what is it about his game that makes him so special that maybe you see somebody move up for him, or do you see him potentially falling down for some people? Listen, it, it, you said it. He's the most polarizing player in this entire draft. He's 6'4", 232 pounds. If you put on his best tape, he's the, the most exciting player in this draft. I mean, that's how talented he is. He has the arm strength to drive the ball vertically. He has mobility that you dream about now in the NFL. But he's not developed yet. He needs time. So if it's Carolina or any of these other teams that we're talking about that need a quarterback, you better have a plan and you better have a veteran in place. Whether it's Sam Darnold, who showed some flashes late last season, or another guy that they bring in. But ultimately, wherever he goes, I think he's going to need at least one year. Hmm. Todd, in your mock draft with all these quarterbacks, you know, there's question marks about all of them, right? Whether it's Bryce Young, who's slight and small, who's not that tall. Whether it's, mm -hmm. it's Richardson you just talked about. You know, you start to look at some of them, whether it's C.J. Stroud, not a lot of athletic ability, not a strong arm. And then you get to Will Levis. Why is so many people, like, high on him? Because I'm not. I got you. I, and I'm, I'm struggling with it, too. And Kuiper and I go back and forth all the time about it. I, he has the strongest arm of the top three quarterbacks, okay? He's mobile. He has character, intangibles, toughness. He had a terrible offensive line this year, a young wide receiving core, a running back who was suspended the first four games. So there, there are a lot of reasons why the production didn't match up with where he potentially will get drafted. But I also see some things, too, in his game. I, does he process it as quickly as he should Eyes dropping inside the pocket. Does he feel where pressure is coming from? And then late game turnovers and critical moments, those are concerns. I, and I, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. I talked to two, two GMs in a five-day span. One said, I'm worried he's going to be Carson Wentz because he plays quarterback like linebacker. The other said, he might be the next Josh Allen because Ooh. he might be a better, much better NFL player than college mm -hmm. player. So that's, that's kind of the range when you talk to people in the NFL about him. Wow. Mm. Yeah, Todd, I was going to say, if Will Evans go top top three, he can thank Josh Allen for getting drafted top three, seeing where he came <laughs> from his rookie year to where he is now. Let me, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, Todd. One player that I'm intrigued about, man, is B. John Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Mm -hmm. I think he is a phenomenal player. And I know backs are not going to be in the top ten, but I think he's a top ten player when you talk about talent. Talk to me a little bit about Bijan and how he can impact his rookie year in this league. Because we saw Brees Hall on his way to potentially being Offensive Player of the Year for the yeah. New York Jets this year. You think Bijan can have that type of impact? Absolutely. He's the best running back that, that's come out since Saquon Barkley. And, and if you meet him Ooh. and you get to know him a little bit, he, he's, he's that kind of special person, too. He, like, he's going to bring – he just brings a lot of energy to the, to the locker room. And the, the ability to obviously create missed tackles, but then catch the football and pass protect. 
I think he's as complete a back as, as you're going to find coming out. I think he's one of the top six or seven players in this entire draft. I had him dropping yeah. to 22 to Baltimore but just because teams don't want to draft a running back. But I promise you, I would have him in the top five. I actually would have him at like five or six wow. if, if we were just basic, like, you know, just stuck to where the prospect ranking is. Man, what a weapon yeah. if he ends up yeah. in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, if he's still there, and Todd Munkin, their new offensive coordinator, I'm like, I want to go VOC there <laughs> for the Ravens. Uh, much Dallas more from Todd. Back, Todd. Put it on your mop. There we go. Dallas need a running back. Put it on your mop. <laughs> well, maybe B. B John Robinson's <laughs> got know, the Texas connection. You never know. Uh, much more from Todd at the top of the hour, guys, with his Sports Center special, Mock Draft 2.0. Don't miss this. It's on ESPN2 at 5 Eastern, and a lot more of Todd on our show. Thank you. Todd we love having you on NFL live and really excited to talk about the draft on this show coming up next Calvin Ridley applying for reinstatement today after being suspended indefinitely almost a year ago why key has high hopes for the possible addition to Peterson's offense. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NFL Live. Time now for some top storylines around the league with Adam Schefter. We'll start with the commanders and their search for an offensive coordinator. What more can you tell us, Adam? All right, Laura, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, is basically going from the parade to Washington to interview for the commander's offensive coordinator job. They've already interviewed Greg Roman, the former offensive coordinator, of the Baltimore Ravens, but the enemy square in play in the mix for the commander's job, looking for somebody on an offense that's got a lot of weapons. Some people like that position, believe it or not, and so we'll see if Eric Bieniemy or Greg Roman winds up there. Meanwhile, Thomas Brown, the Rams assistant coach, is interviewing for the Buccaneers offensive coordinator job. He's said to have a decent chance. He's the assistant head coach in Los Angeles, tight ends coach, and he could be the guy who succeeds Byron Leftwich in Tampa, we'll see what the Bucks wind up doing at quarterback with Thomas Brown in the mix for the OC job. And earlier today, Calvin Ridley applied to the NFL for reinstatement after being suspended for one full year for being accused of betting on NFL games during 2021. I think most people believe that he'll be reinstated. He'll be back in the league. And let's remember, Jacksonville traded for him before the trade deadline. That would be one more big-time weapon for Trevor Lawrence to go along with Christian Kirk and some of the other offensive talent there in Jacksonville. If he gets reinstated, 
Jacksonville's offense gets that much better. Yeah, Adam, he did so well, Trevor Lawrence did, with those new additions, those weapons that you're referring to. You mentioned Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. They all signed with the team in free agency, set career highs in receiving yards. The Jaguars' offense finished the season ranking top 10 in both points and yards. Now, as Adam said, they're expected to add Calvin Ridley to the mix, who is one of just 23 players to record over 200 receptions, 3,000 receiving yards, and 25 receiving touchdowns over the last five seasons. You see just on the video right there the reminder of how good he is. That's with him missing a full season over that span, too. So, Key, I think people might have forgotten what Calvin Ridley is as a player. What would he in this Jaguars offense do to help them continue to make big strides? Well, well, first of all, he came into the league in 2018, and each year he got better, and in mm. 2020 was his best year. He counted for about 90 catches, about 1,400 yards, about 16 yards of catch, nine touchdowns or so. In 2021, obviously, the, the suspension cost was costly, but he's going to bring some explosiveness to this offense that they already have. He's going to be able to uh, stop on a dime and, and give some change. He's a significant route runner. He is a hands catcher and not a body snatcher. He's the type of guy that you want. He understands the route concepts. He's under, he understands how to play football at a high level. They certainly got a gym when they got Calvin Ridley. The NFL, in, in my opinion, didn't do the Atlanta Falcons any justice when they suspended him. And I know for a fact that he had some issues off the field and he wanted to get away from Atlanta and get to a new place and he found a new home in Jacksonville. Imagine that though. You 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 basically land in the laps of a quarterback that everybody has high praise on in Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Yeah. This is a one. This gives Jacksonville a number one wide receiver. That's where his trajectory was and that's what what everybody um, was saying of, of who he was going to be in Atlanta. But this gives them a one and I think it pushes Christian Kirk back into that slot position where he can dominate mm. games, even though he had a really good year uh, coming off. And he's paid as the number one wide receiver on this Jacksonville team. I would put, I would feel more comfortable with Calvin Ridley being that guy. You look at Zay Jones, not only do you add speed, but I think you add a guy, and he can speak to this as better than, as well as anyone when he talked about in and out of break stopping on a dime. You got a guy that's going to beat man coverage consistently. That's usually Absolutely. what you attach to a number one wide receiver. This is a phenomenal pickup for the Jacksonville Jaguars who went to the playoffs and did enough to almost get back against the Kansas City Chiefs in that game. Yeah, it's a good point. Guys, you know, the other thing I, I want to point out here, you think about a player like Calvin Ridley who's been through what he's been through and been suspended by the league. He's going to an environment where Doug Peterson's wrapped his arms around these young yes. men and these men and said, I'm going to treat you like human beings, which we saw that play out in a big way with the way they were able to bounce back this year as opposed to the previous season. So I think the environment helps him a ton. We get a lot more coming your way here on NFL Live. The Raiders released quarterback Derek Carr yesterday. So who might we see under center for Las Vegas next season? It's not Tom Brady. He's retired. Our analysts have some ideas. That's next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Back here on NFL Live, so the news of yesterday, the Raiders officially releasing Derek Carr, making him immediately available for teams who need a quarterback. That's one piece of the equation, but the other side is the Raiders, who now need a quarterback. Who will it be? Well, they certainly have some offensive weapons to build around, and the Silver and Black currently slated to have the league's third most cap space. They currently hold the seventh overall pick in the draft. And they only have one quarterback under contract in Chase Garbers. They're in need of help on defense, too. They finished last season ranking 30th in defensive efficiency. Adam, we start with you. What is the latest on the Raiders and their plans for the upcoming offseason? Well, the biggest question will be what this team does at quarterback. Tom Brady retired, so there went the end of the Las Vegas speculation. Now there's speculation about whether Aaron Rodgers plays. Could he wind up in Las Vegas? Don't forget Jimmy Garoppolo who worked with Josh McDaniels in New England, is going to be an unrestricted free agent who is not returning to San Francisco. You'd have to figure that Las Vegas would be on his list of potential destinations. And they also have Jared Stidham on the roster. But quarterback is the biggest issue. And then there's the question of running back. Josh Jacobs proved he's a warrior this offseason, this past season. They want to keep him. He wants to be there. He bought a house. So I would think that they try to sign him to a long-term deal, and if they can't get a long-term deal done, then they could always use the franchise tag on him to make sure he doesn't leave Las Vegas. Chef, do you made the point about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm going to focus on Aaron Rodgers being that domino, especially with the Jets and the Las Vegas Raiders, two um, teams that have been linked to him, and obviously Devontae being in Las Vegas. Everybody is excited about the notion of that potentially becoming a thing again. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a home run for Josh McDaniels because, one, you still pick high. Jimmy Garoppolo has shown you he can handle the young quarterback with, with, with grace and not getting disgruntled. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a good understanding of who he is in this league. And he also plays really well. Uh, through spurts during the season. So it's not like you'd be just chalking the season up saying you can't win games. But we saw the disconnect between Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr last year to bring somebody in that knows Josh's system, a guy that's been on winning football teams. We've seen him play at high levels, especially with the type of talent that they have on the outside and Waller again at tight end, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. I think Jimmy Garoppolo should be somebody Las Vegas really has their eye on, even if it's just a holdover until you can get a young quarterback groom so. that can take over this franchise. Okay. It makes all the sense in the world to look at Jimmy Garoppolo because they certainly need a quarterback. I wouldn't give up my seventh, uh, seventh pick in the draft to go get Aaron Rodgers. That makes zero sense because this team is not going anywhere anywhere at all. They need to address the defensive side of the ball. They need to fix that in a hurry because when you look at this team, if they go get a star like an Aaron Rodgers or they go draft the guy with the seventh pick in the NFL in the draft, they got to play against the Chargers. We know what the Chargers could be. 
They got the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw Kansas City just win the Super Bowl. And Sean Payton is now trolling within the division. The <laughs> Raiders are the last team in the division with nowhere else to go. Just take your time. Give it a year or two. And especially if you don't love the quarterbacks in this year's draft, why rush it? Why do something that makes absolutely no sense? Yeah, you guys mentioned the system, and I want to point this out for a little bit. We were with the Raiders Week 18 for the game, and one of the things Jared Carr had talked about, and then we actually heard it a little bit more from Jared Stidham, is that knowing that system, it's so complicated for Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Jared Stidham was actually teaching Derek Carr the system throughout the season. I think that's more important in this than people even realize. But, Swagoo, I wanted to hit you on something as we go off the air here. When you think about the division specifically that Key just mentioned, what should be a defensive priority for them, knowing some of those quarterbacks they're going to have to contend with? Well, they got a phenomenal defender up front in Max Crosby, right. one of the best pass rushers in the league. I think cornerback needs to be a focus and continue to reinforce this secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders because not only did Key mention the teams in this uh, in this division, you got to defend Justin Herbert, who throws mm. the ball like it's coming out of a rocket. Obviously, we know what Patrick Mahomes is, and now Russell Wilson has Sean Payton. You better be able to defend people on the back end or you're going to lose anyway. You have to score yeah. 90 points to try to win a game if you're the Vegas Raiders. Good luck with that. All right, we'll be back with you once again on NFL Live tomorrow. Tune over to ESPN2 for Todd McShay's Mock Draft Special, the Mock Draft 2.0. Enjoy that. <laughs> Field Yates hosting it, and we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live.